need there to be a nude scene, right? But this movie's obviously going to be rated R. The premise is it's going to turn out to be a big revenge thing with violence and blood and whatever. But she walks slowly up out of the water. We see bare shoulders. It seems like maybe she's not wearing anything. And it's like, why is this image so chaste? And we're just staring at her face. And I swear this minute of the movie is like 40 minutes long. Just her face. And it's long. And oh my god, I just got it. Okay, so I finally watched Beyond the Black Rainbow recently, and like clearly Panos Cosmatos is in love with Stanley Kubrick, right? Beyond the Black Rainbow is a bunch of aping shit state straight out of two thousand one. We already saw I already talked about the treetops being the aping of the shining in this movie. He picked Andrea Riseboro because she reminds him of Shelley Duvall. With the longer face, the plain not conventionally pretty, but not ugly. Big eyes. It should be expressive. Shelly Duvall is expressive. She, when she panics, you feel it. When she feels nervous, you feel it. This girl? No! This is his version of Wendy from The Shining. That's why he cast her. So go back to the backstory, right? Here's Panos. He's hanging out. For some reason, he's off in the jungle with his father when he's filming Rambo. He's... I think I just said he's 10 now, not 12. Little 10 year old kid watching all this violence get filmed, this, you know, big pro America jingoistic violence and everything. So that's settling in. And then, like, violence cool because it's the 80s. And then his father, or maybe some, maybe it's someone else on the set brings, like, some reel to reel stuff and they're back in a tent just off the set and they're, wa- and they're watching Stanley Kubrick films. And he's introduced to A Clockwork Orange in 2001 and The Shining. And Stanley Kubrick films are literally where he, like, that's where he went through puberty. Is on the set of Rambo, masturbating to Shelley Duvall in The Shining. And the result is Mandy. And we are all the worst for it. The Panos is like doing all this and he's writing it down and he's like, yeah, they're going to be like, yeah, I don't like planets. I like Galactus and then they're going to go on a boat and do nothing and no, Andy's going to conduct the water and I'm not going to explain it. And then fire. Yeah, it's going to take up the whole screen just out of nowhere. It's going to be awesome. Even though nothing is happening. (sighs) What's talking about? What happens in this minute? It's her face for a long, long, long time. <laughs> and, and just her face for a long time, and I was... <laughs> okay, that's rude. No, that, uh, that... Okay, she's not an unattractive person. I just gonna say that. But in my head, I was just thinking, yeah, it's her long, long face for a long, long time. That's <laughs> just not nice. 
and her big eyes and the camera just lingers and I get it. You can establish that with like three seconds. I don't care about this character yet. I don't need to stare at her. We don't then need to cut to her sleeping on the ground under our weird blanket. Is she dreaming? Why was she naked? Why was she in the water? She wakes up to the sounds of wolves or monsters or something. And she wanders through the woods and it's so poorly lit that for a second... Okay, maybe I do want to see this woman naked. I don't know. Because it's so poorly lit that for a second I thought, oh, is she wandering through the woods naked? Like, did we just cut from her coming out of the water with no clothes on, which we didn't see, to her wandering through the woods, which we can't see because they can't be bothered with lighting? But really, I don't care. It's like... He's going for this, like, idyllic thing, right? This married couple that lives out in the woods and they're happy. And everything's fine. And they're boring and they're stupid and I don't care. Show us the idyllic. Show them loving each other. Show them doing something. When they're out in the water, when they're out in the boat, have them doing something fun. Have him splash her. Have them swimming together in the water playfully. Have them making out. Have them kissing. Have them going up on the shore in the dark next to the campfire and fucking like rabbits. Because what the f- Who are these people? Why do I care? What do they care about each other? I don't know yet. Like, we've gotten almost nothing about these two. We know very little about their relationship. Except it's really, really low energy. Like, this is his day off of work. They went out in the boat. And they just sat there? You live in the woods. You don't need to take a vacation in the lake. On your day off, unless you're going to do something fun. Show them drinking together by the campfire and telling jokes. He already told one stupid joke. Let him tell another stupid joke. Show that these people have personalities. Write something. I mean, she's dreaming now, right? This is a dream where she hears the monsters and wanders off. She's walking through the trees all weird-like. But who cares if she's dreaming? I don't know this character cares what she's dreaming about. I don't know her. I don't care about her. I don't know her name. I should know her name by now. I should know what she wants from life. I should know what she wants from Andy. I think I, the first time I turned this movie on, I made it somewhere about here. Or I, I lost... I stopped paying attention here. I think it was another scene on when they're on the couch that I turned it off because I realized I didn't... I wasn't listening. I wasn't paying attention. I didn't know what was going on. Turns out it was because nothing was going on. The second time I tried to watch the movie, I turned it off even sooner because I remembered, oh yeah, this is that movie where nothing is happening. Poetry, the stupid music, the trees. The second time, she's like, yeah, I'm done. This is pretentious filmmaker wet dream territory. Some adolescent came up with an idea for a movie and then years later got money and didn't bother to, you know, rewrite it or reimagine it. He just made that old adolescent fantasy. Except with some... Really slow-paced, pretentious bullshit at the beginning, which I I guess doesn't fit that version of the story. But who knows? He saw 2001 when he was 10 and he was on the set of Rambo. (laughs) I'm going to have a whole detailed biography for this game made up in my head by the time I finish this. (laughs) I have old scripts of mine, too. You know what I would do if someone gave me money to make one of them? I'd do a rewrite. I'd let someone else read it. Someone else give it a pass, maybe, you know? 
see if the, if it's good. I, obviously, the thing you write, you're going to have some affection for. What was I writing when I was 10? 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, that's like 5th, 6th grade. Ooh, I wrote a really stupid story called The Black Lion, which was uh, ended up being only about four pages long. And nothing happened because I didn't know how to write. I think I still have it around here somewhere. I should read it. <gasps> I should read it. Insert long pause where I went to find my stack of old stories that I thought I still had. I couldn't find the Black Lion one, unfortunately. But I did find this. I'll only read you the prologue. Yes, there's a prologue. Because I was a pretentious little fucker just like Panos probably was. Opening line. Then he woke up. Fucking genius. Yes. I was turned around for some applause and no one's here. Okay. Then he woke up. He was laying. I think it's lying. But what did I know back then? Laying on the cold wet cement. A homeless beggar lay only two feet from him. He couldn't. <laughs> Sorry. I'm already over my own fucking writing. Oh, I hate myself. Truer words have never been spoken. <laughs> Why is it a homeless beggar? Can it just be a homeless man? Or a homeless woman? A homeless person? Why do they have to be a beggar? They're laying on the ground. It's not like they're currently begging. <laughs> or I don't establish any detail, but like there's a cup sitting there that says, need help, or a cardboard sign. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh. He couldn't figure why, but he was repulsed beyond belief by that idea. <laughs> He's repulsed by the idea of a homeless man being nearby. Oh. I don't know if I can do this. Paragraph two. It was a I can't. I can't even. It was a dark and stormy night. Was I being ironic or moronic? We'll have a poll online. On Facebook, there's a poll. <laughs> it was a dark and stormy night. But the rain had temporarily ceased. <laughs> He looked down at his clothes. They were ruined. Even worse than the beggars. Damn it! Why am I hating on the homeless guy? <laughs> Perhaps that was why they hadn't been stolen. <laughs> <laughs> the presumption here is great. He wakes up wet on the concrete. And he's like, well, I'm glad I'm not naked. <laughs> Could be worse. <laughs> they were torn, soaked, stained, and completely worn out. Completely. Yeah, great. Repulsed even more, he looked up. <laughs> but it didn't really seem any better to be looking down the alleyway. That's weird phrasing. He looked up to be looking down. Um, the alleyway at all the homeless people <laughs> laying in boxes and on heaps of trash. 
Paragraph 3. Then he realized something. Something odd. Something hideous. Hideous. <laughs> something he didn't know. <laughs> Who was he? <laughs> he couldn't figure out the... Why is he thinking about that? Oh my god. He couldn't figure out the answer to that question or the answer to... Oh, oh cool. At least I thought of that. Or the answer to why that suddenly came to him. Why couldn't he figure it out? It seemed like such an easy question, but the answer did not emerge. <laughs> Imagine this is like narration in a modern film. <laughs> oh. hmm. Where am I? Oh, that's great. The next line, paragraph four. Where was he? That was the next item on his agenda. He didn't recognize the din no, the dirty alleyway, and he hadn't seen the surrounding city yet. Perhaps once he saw it, he'd remember everything. Next paragraph. But as he exited the alleyway, nothing came to him. He had stepped onto a street almost as bad as the alley. <laughs> he looked left and saw an old, run-down apartment building. He looked straight ahead. There he saw an empty, ruined lot and more old buildings. But behind them, in the distance, he could see the skyscrapers of the now-familiar New York City. Okay. Keep in mind that I still have never been to New York City, so I have no fucking clue what I'm writing in this story here. When I'm like 10, 11, I don't know how old I was when I wrote this. He saw them, recognized them, and loved the sight of them. He knew where he was, but he still had no idea where he should be. He looked at a street sign to his left. It wasn't readable. Probably because I just didn't know any streets in New York. <laughs> that really helped. <laughs> oh, shit. I was a fucking sarcastic, snarky little bastard even then. <sighs> okay, let's get through the prologue. Then he surveyed the area one more time. This time, he included his right <laughs> as a direction he would look. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. That was the big mistake. He was looking at another old apartment building. This one, in better condition, and one thing came to his mind. Run. He couldn't figure out where that came from. Run. Why would he need to run? Slowly, he calmed down. Well, that was actually pretty quick. Still staring at the building. Then he saw the top floor window. The light was on. A woman was standing, looking at him. Run. Why should he run? She didn't look too scary. But then he saw the gun in her hand as she raised it towards him. Run, run, run. <laughs> oh. He doesn't have a name. Well, okay, to be fair, there's amnesia involved in this story, so he wouldn't have a name, but... <laughs> I can't imagine trying to... Okay. I can imagine trying to turn this into a story. In fact, I believe... Oh, God. Chapter 1, next page, is called The Rain Continues. Um, I did actually take this premise, this guy that wakes up on the street with his memory, I ended up reusing it in a screenplay called Fugue. Uh, it was now a girl, and she doesn't wake up to, like, someone randomly pointing a gun at her from an apartment building, but she does wake up on the streets of L.A., not knowing where she is or who she is. 
and she gets hit by a car, and this guy helps her to the hospital, and eh, stuff ensues. And it's kind of pretentious. Huh. Anyway, I would, I'd rewrite it, you know, take actual life experience and rewrite it into the script, make it more real, give these people actual voices and actual conversations and personalities, give us a reason to care about these people. In the screenplay I, that I got out of this, the main girl, Percy, is so, like, helpless and confused, but she feels like she's got to, there's something she has to get done, and there's, she knows someone is chasing her. And so this guy, I don't remember the main character's name, hmm. It's been over a decade since I wrote the screenplay version, and many, many long years more since I wrote this thing I just read. So this guy, he's in a, he's married, but he, he and his wife don't, they're not like about, like on the verge of divorce or anything, but it's like they're not as good as it could be. And so he finds this younger, I don't even think she's younger, is she? I don't think age really played into it. But he finds this girl who needs his help, and he helps her, and then gradually she remembers things, and she figures out who she is, and she figures out who's chasing her, and he has to get her out of L.A. to save her life, and I, I don't want to spoil it, because that screenplay I wrote like 15 years ago is still burning a hole in my uh, file cabinet waiting to be turned into a film. I'm ready to work together, Panos. Let's do this, you and me. There's a talking horse. Whoa. I know, it just blew your mind. There's a fucking talking horse. Anyway, there is no substance here. Yet. Nothing. Which is part of why this movie is so horrible. This first hour takes so, so long. I'll come back to this later when, in the second hour, when Andy makes his axe and gets on his revenge trip, but... You think of, like, those revenge movies from, like, the 80s, like Death Wish. The daughter or friend or wife or whoever got killed in that particular movie, like, raped and murdered. Usually that happened, like, first few minutes of the movie. So the Death Wish dude, I can't think of his character name at the moment, goes and picks up his big gun and just goes out and starts shooting people. It's blunt, it's stupid, but we know what we're in for, and we want it. It's this weird violent fantasy that needs to get started who is watching the first half of this movie that you can then imagine as the appropriate audience for the second half of this movie at the pace they are they're both too long but the first half is more too long than the second half is it's almost like this movie is embarrassed to be a revenge movie and jumping forward in my panos cosmetos biography i'm writing he had two different scripts. He had this idyllic cabin by the lake uh, script with, I guess there was a cult involved, but he didn't know where that was going to go. And then he had this revenge idea with this guy forging this badass axe and going out and killing a bunch of people. But he didn't know why did he kill all these people. And then one day he's, these two scripts, like it was like chocolate and peanut butter, and they, like the two scripts landed on the table next to each other. It's like, oh my god. Thank you, Shelley Duvall and Stanley Kubrick, and I'm going to staple these together, and one day someone's going to give me the money. Some mob boss is going to be like, I need to launder some money. Can you make me a film? I saw that. Uh, why is my mobster Southern? 
Oh, no, I guess he just is. I saw that beyond the black rainbow, and I think you could do something good. Here's a few million dollars or whatever, and I think you should get that Nick Cage fella, because he sucks. <laughs> Ooh. And so he, but, so he just took the two scripts, stuck them together, copied and pasted the names from one into the other, because it didn't matter, all the characters were the exact same, because none of them had any fucking depth or personality. I don't have time for this today. That's not even my desk. 